the impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. We're coming at you on January 16th, 2023. And, uh, you know, boy, I tell you, it seems like every time government's doing something, I'm always wondering if, uh, you know, those crazy guys running things, if those are the right hands to be running things. And so we're going to get into a few different issues on the show of all the things we think they're kind of making a mess of. But before we get into that, let me introduce you to our panel. In our upper left-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in Liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. California. In our lower left-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. In our upper right-hand corner, we have a special guest today. He is Rob Chatfield, and he is president and CEO of the Free to Choose Network. And the Free to Choose Network, that is uh, the network dedicated to the ideas of Milton Friedman. Um, so, in, in fact, uh, James, let me bring that up real quick just so people can see what that is and, and where they can go to find out a little bit more about that stuff. And then, by the way, we just interviewed interviewed Rob on a uh, recent show, and you can go check out more details about the Free to Choose Network on that show as well. Um, and my name is Jason McPhee, and I'll be your host today. Um, so let's jump right into it. Boy, I tell you, the, the, if the war in Ukraine doesn't give you some doubts about what we're doing with our money and really, you know, what's, what's right with everything we're doing, um, I don't know what does. And I tell you, it seems like every time we turn around, uh, the government is spending a ridiculous amount of money on who knows what. <laughs> I mean, they always find something to spend the money on. And if you look at this graphic that Statista had, um, the military aid that's going to Ukraine, well, I tell you, it looks like once again, the United States is uh, very generous. People like Biden and reaching into our pockets to pay for what's happening over in Ukraine. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, that does bring up some questions, too. You know, is this, uh, you know, it's. Wow, it's it's in the order. I guess Reason had an article last year that says it's in the order of 130 million a day that we're we're spending on this effort. Um, but that's bringing up some uh, questions as well. Um, as are they even tracking this stuff right? I mean, I'm, we're starting to hear issues like you know, boy, the the money goes over there, the weapons go over there, and then they just sort of disappear. <laughs> And then maybe even pop up in other places of the world in some cases. Um, you know, so what do you guys think about this? It just seems like, you know, is this just another money pit that we're finding a way to create ways to spend more money? What, what do you guys think? Seen, I have not seen a pallet of cash, though, like we saw in the Obama era <laughs> going to the Middle East. So I, I got to guess this is at least one step above what we had beforehand. So. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do remember there were pallets of cash that were being sent to Iraq, too, you know, when all mm -hmm. of that stuff was going on. It was just disappearing. But sorry, Tim, yeah. you, you, you were going to jump in there? Uh, well, yeah, today it'll be they'll want it to be digital currency, apparently, yeah. that government uh, digital currency. I'm, I'm talking about not crypto or any of that. But uh, yeah, and the only thing I would say is. I'm glad that uh, the Biden administration wants to regulate and have lots of oversight over us uh, mere taxpaying minions like myself in regards to their 
acquiring of firearms. And um, however, when it comes to, you know, sending uh, missiles and, and rockets to uh, Ukraine, no, no issue whatsoever. Well, it's funny, too, to follow up on that. We talked about this issue on the show before. When the war started, we were literally sending over, like, crates of AK-47s, I think, and handing them out to the citizens there and saying what a wonderful thing that was to arm the citizens there. And yet, you know, we're kind of doing yeah. the opposite here. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Oh, of course, but, yeah, with the with the, uh, the assault weapons. And, uh, yeah, but did that come from the, the AK-47s? I mean, I thought we'd send them some M4s, sure. But it would I, I don't know. Maybe I mean, I, so. I, I, I thought the pictures I saw were citizens holding up these guns, and I thought they said either yeah, we're paying they, for them or we're sending them. I can't remember. I, which I don't think you know. Honestly, I don't think we sent AK forty sevens. You know, to be honest, Jason. Okay. I mean, but there were pictures of them holding up these AK forty. I don't think we send that. Yeah. We send other stuff. A good point, though, Jason, which is, is how are they? How are we accounting for this? Because, like, if this is just old inventory that's been sitting around that we've been trying to get rid of for decades because we haven't had a good war around here, then maybe this is, you know, the accounting works out where it sounds like it's a big number, but it's just really stale equipment that we weren't going to use anyway. So, yeah, you know, but, uh, but, but, but there's, there's there's a fundamental issue here that I mean. Uh, uh, I mean, besides everything that's been raised, but there's a fundamental issue here that I, I have a real problem with, which is here we are spending gobs of money to, to defend the borders of Ukraine, to defend the sovereignty of Ukraine. And we, we seem incapable of spending any sort of money to defend our own sovereignty when we have millions of people pouring across our southern border. I mean, I'm not part of the open borders crowd. I am not at all, okay? I believe in sovereignty. But if we're going to have a country, I do not see how we do not defend our borders. And we are spending gaps of money defending the borders and sovereignty of Ukraine. Now, I believe in the projection of, of, of the power of the United, the military power of the United States on net. I think it's a good thing. However, this gross, this gross incompetence that is going on at our own border, and we are spending no money to defend it and to stop these people from walking across our borders, it's, to me, is a dereliction of duty on behalf of the administration. Somebody should be impeached for this thing. Mm -hmm. oh. and, well, it, it's funny, hypocrisy. too. Is yeah. Leon even legal in this country? I got to ask. Don't tell anybody. Don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Actually, Leon's told us the story before. It was a, wasn't it a long line, a long process that you went through to, to become a citizen here? Mm -hmm. 16 years. 16, <laughs> yeah. 16 years. Okay, <laughs> which is it's kind of crazy. I mean, I you know I'd love to have a yeah, much that's crazy clean, cleaner process to bring somebody who is you know yeah. willing to support themselves you know over here. In fact, that was you know it's funny. Uh, it, it, I was watching a little bit of the uh, uh, Free to Choose that was talking about that episode the uh, other day, and and it was funny because it was I, I think it was about protecting the worker where they were literally talking about unions and stuff, mm -hmm. and and Milton Friedman and. Uh, um, Oh, Walter, uh, oh gosh, Walter Williams. Walter Williams. That's it. Yeah, and they, they were both saying that you know, essentially, you know, look, uh, you know, you just can't have a, a welfare state and open borders. And so they were kind of, sort of. I mean, I mean, they would much prefer just to you know, kind of push down that welfare state and have them come over legally. But it was the the issue was you know, well, if if they're 
illegal is the way they were seeing it. At least they're not able to draw from the welfare. I don't even know if that's true anymore. No, I think you get the check. You get the check when you show up now, Jason. Yeah, so. people, yeah. people, people so. walking walking across the border and they're getting all sorts of quote unquote free stuff, all kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And and okay. not not only that, they're they're the, the children get to go to school, which is burdening um, taxpayers. Somebody got to pay for this stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm all for educating children and all that. But don't just walk across the border and tell me you have rights here. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly is a, an issue where we seem to kind of have funny ways about where we decide to spend our resources. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the part that I was going to say that I look at is, is so let's the war will end at some point in Ukraine and Russia. That war will end. And it's not like the government, having spent that money, is now going to say, oh, well, we can now reduce the budget by that amount of money. They're going to keep spending yeah. the money somewhere. That's where I go with what Leon's saying. Boy, imagine if we just spent that money all over Latin America, Central America, et cetera, trying to improve conditions at the places where the people are at, then you may end up. And again, I'm a huge open immigration guy, but for the same reasons Jason was talking about, I'm not a welfare state guy. But if you want to come here and make a better life for yourself, I'm all for that. Those are the people you certainly want walking through the doors or through the uh, uh, across the borders of our country. But when you start looking at the uh, uh, the rationale and the reason for it, it's because conditions are terrible where they're at. Opportunity is here. It's still the land of opportunity, no matter what anybody says. But it's that welfare state mentality in terms of show up and get your welcome bag. You know, I, I, that, that, that's what we have to take out of that equation. Yeah, and, and for anybody who doubts that, all you have to do is go back and look at the, I, I believe it was the 20, it, it's either the 2016 or 2020 um, uh, presidential primaries. I think it was the 2020 presidential primaries. And the Democrats were asked the question, should uh, uh, immigrants who show up here have free health care? And every single one of them said yes, that it was a right of anybody who shows up here. Well, I mean, it, it's a nice thought, but it also is a benefit that you are literally saying, doesn't matter whether you're legal, or illegal, just come here and you get free health care. And I mean, you know, that's kind of like an incentive to that, that sort of skews the system. So um, anyway, that's uh, mm -hmm. just, just, yeah. just they're using that word free again. Yeah, but 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 the problem is though the problem is though is is that while while we we want um immigrants to come to the united states to be a part of this society i mean i am an immigrant myself let's do it legally okay now fine we don't want people taking 16 years like i did to become a citizen okay i i, I I'm, I'm totally against that there's something wrong with the with the system when it takes 16 years to become a citizen however if you hadn't spent 13 of them in prison leon it might have gone faster so that's right so but if we can put in place a system where people can come here, they're going to have all the opportunities they're looking for and all that, put in place where you can have a system where we could get it down to eight years or maybe four years or something like that, whatever. I don't know what the number is. But something that allows people to migrate to the United States but do so legally. I don't want people getting up in other countries all over the world, wherever they hell they, they wake up tomorrow morning and decide, well, you know what, I'm going to go to the U.S. today. And all of a sudden, you could just walk across the border. And we taxpayers, we okay. taxpayers 
on the hook for this damn nonsense. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, but that, that's where the sad thing is. If you just eliminate the the welfare state or or give a different deal to people who are migrating so that there is no early incentive, then you could just kind of open the borders and say, hey, look, if you're a criminal, we're going to screen you out. But otherwise, you come in, you want to work for somebody, somebody wants to, you to work for them. Well, why does it matter? I mean, if you buy something from Walmart, you're essentially employing somebody in another country anyway. So, I mean, what's what does this matter? You know, uh, uh, whether or not they come over here or not. I mean, the bottom line is, and, and it cuts down our liberty too here because some of us maybe want to engage with people who are coming from over there. And if the government stands in the way, then they're cutting down on my liberty to do that as well. So it, it's just uh, uh, a terrible thing. But, you know, it's, it's expensive, too. And one of the things I wanted to jump into from this whole war thing and and, and our diversion into the uh, immigration issue is debt. Uh, we're just piling on the debt like there's no tomorrow. And <laughs> it makes you wonder, maybe that's the point of the war. Maybe there is no, no tomorrow is where they're headed. But uh, uh, maybe you could bring up the visual, James, uh, uh, on this. So, um, you know, it said uh, there was an article last year that said uh, Senator Rand Paul ma- mocks the massive $1.7 trillion uh, uh bill is as hazardous debt and i, I kind of like the picture because it, it reminiscent to me of the free to choose picture i think of milton friedman standing by all those boxes of paper <laughs> from the federal government this is just right. one bill <laughs> this isn't <laughs> so you know i mean look at that stack do you think anybody's gonna read that do you think uh do you think even nancy pelosi's gonna read it after she passes it <laughs> I mean, really you know but uh, uh it's just it's absolutely insane the amount of money we're spending and you know our congress is telling us hey look you know this is this is kind of dangerous you know what where we're headed with some of this stuff this is a a, a chart of debt to gdp and it shows you know that our own congress is telling us if we just keep going status quo the the debt is going to overwhelm our productivity it's just going to you know shoot off into the stratosphere um here at some point and uh it's funny too because this is their 2022 outlook and they kind of cut off the back of this graph which really helps to uh see a little better about uh, a perspective of where we're coming from and if you look it's all of these crazy wars and other government fiascos that have caused us to fall into so much debt and this is you know debt to gdp so i mean keep in mind the productivity is masking some of this spending, <laughs> some of this debt. And oh, so yeah. if, if we look here at World War II, that was the worst case we were in before. And we've talked about this on the show before, but um, we're there. We're literally at the worst point of our history as far as our debt to GDP goes. And what have we got to show for it? I mean, you know, we, we, we funded a lockdown. We, we, we funded a war in Iraq. We've, we've, you know, with, with pallets of cash just disappearing. <laughs> you know? Well, what what are we? You know, what do we have here? You know, a, ba- a banking bailout. I mean, this is this is dangerous stuff. And I mean, I you know, whose hands do you really trust? These guys who are there to figure this stuff out. Uh, I'll kick this to you guys. Now, short answer: No. I'm going to go back to Tim's line beforehand where he talked about free because you talk about just a bastardization of the word. You know, I mean, you know, if you look at what free was, free to choose was literally, hey, the ability to be unconstrained and what you wanted to be able to do for yourself 
you know, without any limits upon you there. And you flip it around to the other side and it's, hey, what can others do for me? That's free for me. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that comment that there's no such thing as a free lunch uh, is is well displayed on this graphic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then the question becomes what do we do about it, right? I mean, we are we are living this is this has been going on for quite a number of years. This uh, this continue um massive increases in 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 the the debt burdens that are being placed upon us and placed upon our children and grandchildren. And what kind of country we're going to leave behind? This generation is going to leave behind the boomer the boomer generation is going to leave behind when we are leaving this this debt burden upon or, or future taxpayers with our children or, and our grandchildren. We are, we are has heading, heading into some really dangerous waters here, and we don't know what's going to happen on the other side. Yeah. Well, and it really uh, it hammers home the point, too, where you said there's no free lunch. I mean, the, the free lunch is it coming at the expense of lunch tomorrow, it looks like. You know, when we look at that graph, exactly. you know, that's, that's, that's eating into tomorrow's lunch. But go ahead, yes. Tim, you were about to jump in. Oh, what was I going to say? I can't remember now. You, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I ate your lunch it. there. You did. You ate my lunch. <laughs> that, that was a free lunch. That was a free lunch. Definitely. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah something that Leon had, had said at some point that he had made, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it, it, this this debt issue, I mean, it's, it's literally something that, you know, people have got to address. And I, I guess with the... Uh, you know, advent of this new house that has been elected, at least maybe that it looks like there's going to be a little reform in the sense that they're going to, instead of these omnibus bills, like uh, uh, Rand Paul was railing about in that first article we showed you, um, I, I guess they're going to be forcing a lot more of these bills to be uh, independent and standalone. That sounds like what yes. they're going to be doing. So maybe, maybe there's some hope of people being able to have the courage to vote against some of these things i don't know <laughs> i think the borrowing though jason you, you've still hit that one there the only reason we've been able to get away with that was well for a few years the fed essentially went out and bought all the borrowings and expanded its own yeah. balance sheet all that did was stave off the inflation inflation should have been here years ago we're, we're just starting to see that now i i don't know where that ends up in terms of inflation right now uh you know in terms of borrowing money that we don't have uh, we're, we're just printing money. We all know exactly how that one ends. The only saving grace is in the world economic system that everybody else was doing it too. So what you have is this total global inflation, if you will, uh, that, that is masking a lot of these troubles. And I don't think there's, there's I haven't seen any nation yet that you could say is the solid nation who's going to stand out there and, it's, and that, that would become the global currency, if you will. So the fact that there's still demand for the U.S. currency is global currency. And the fact that every other nation went into the same exact uh, barrel roll that we've been going into is the only saving graces. But if you look at this from an inflationary standpoint, this should have been with us years ago, uh, 10 years ago, even back when we started the Great Recession. This, this stuff should have been with us 10 to 12 years ago. We're just starting to see it now. I don't know where it ends. Yeah, well, my cynical know, self. Things... I'm sorry, Tim, go ahead. Uh, just my cynical self uh, would say that uh, looking at history and the collapse of all fiat currencies eventually, uh, even the best, uh, it's, uh, it looks to me, if, as my cynical self would say, that uh, you know it, it's just a matter of time before we have a collapse of the monetary system in the United States. Uh, so the dollar itself 
collapse. And mm-hmm. but uh, you know, there, we, a lot of people have been predicting that for for quite a while. And you know, and of course, you've got a lot of of historical uh, reference that you can make that claim. But uh, but you know, that's that's what I think, and I don't think there's anything we can do about it because this is what happens when governments go nutcase, like like ours is doing right now. And to think that that oh, we're immune to it because we're the great United States. Is again ignoring history. Yeah, and I don't think you can just put your money into Uruguay and forget about it. You know, I, there, I don't, I don't know where the other outlet is. That's the problem. Yeah, and and you know, and, and one of the things that no one is speaking about is the unfunded liabilities that 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 we do have. I mean, and that is massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean that that chart That's that I was of showing it. of debt to GDP that was only sort of what's on the books, not the promises we've made to ourselves in the future as well. So, uh, and, you know, there's scary numbers. I mean, if you you check out the debt clock or any of those others, you can see that um, the the amount that if you were to charge every citizen an equal portion of the debt, it's literally like $100,000 a piece. I mean, that's literally what we're all on the hook for. And that doesn't count uh, for things like Social Security and stuff. So, I mean, we're, we're literally uh, it's just fantasy land, the idea that this stuff is going to get paid back. And the worst so- part there, Jason, is, is that if I were a betting man, I'd pay that money today if it meant I didn't have to owe another dime again in the future because I, I you can't see it getting better. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I think it's scary times. And, uh, you know, it's funny, too, because I, I think a lot of people, it's funny, they've been taught, uh, and Jane, maybe we could get the visual back up. Like, if you think about the crises like climate change that they're talking about, and they always go to the hockey stick and say, wow, look at carbon dioxide. It is just shooting up in the last, you know, 100 years. Well, I mean, I, I think, or Jane, maybe we could get that visual back up again. Uh <clears throat> So what we're seeing here, the CBO is telling us we're about to have a hockey stick <laughs> on debt. That's literally what they're telling us. And yeah. and everybody who is like literally totally panicked about one thing is completely not panicked about something that we have a lot more control over. I mean, all we have to do to forestall this is just be a little bit more modest about the scope of government and say, hey, maybe government doesn't need to do all the things it's doing. Maybe we can, you know, freeze or cut spending a little bit, you know, and we can avoid this. But everybody is like, it, it, you'd almost call them a debt denier, maybe is what the, <laughs> a lot of these people are. I don't know. So, but you know, it's funny, that is sort of a good segue to another topic we have, which is the government telling us about a new crisis, and that's a crisis. Well, before, of- before you know, just before you leave, before you leave this okay. topic, though, I think if we can get the federal government to stick to its constitutional mandates, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose. It's just that if the mandates are squishy, boy, I tell you, they, they mm-hmm. find a new way to, to say that everything is, is related to something we're, government we're gonna have to take. Uh, we're going to have to describe general welfare better for them, Leon, I think, in order to get out of that. So. Valid point. Yeah, Valid point. yeah it, it's too bad they didn't mention positive and negative rights in the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> that might have solved a lot of this. <laughs> Instead, uh, we, we all believe we have a positive right to whole bunch of things yeah, which right. is a whole nother deep dive <laughs> but uh you know i tell you as, as far as you know we, t- we talk about crises that 
keep seeming to come up. And, um, you know, one of the things they brought is uh, regulators have recently been talking about, I think it was a consumer products uh, uh, regulate. Uh, 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 oh, gosh, a computer. Pro- uh, I can't remember. Computer consumer products computer. safety commission. That's it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was pulling a Biden there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe it was that picture of Biden on the other page. It was contagious. <laughs> but uh, uh, the regulators were telling us essentially that, uh, the, you know, the gas stoves that most of us have been uh, exposed to all of our lives uh, and certainly are ubiquitous in restaurants. Um, these things are now dangerous. It, there's a, a, a high correlation with childhood asthma, apparently. And so they're saying, okay, we want to ban these things. And that, but it, just as they were starting to discuss that, there was a huge backlash. And then the Biden administration came out and said, okay, well, we're not trying to ban these things. But it does, you know, bring up the point, you know, one, it's, it's, it's sort of like they're just continuing to look for more and more things to add more and more expenses onto the pile when, you know, we look at that debt that we've got, how expensive is that going to be to tell people to rip out all the gas stoves out of their homes and, you know, electrify everything? That's, it just seems like we're creating, I guess, crises everywhere when we don't necessarily have to have these crises everywhere. And the debt is just getting tremendous because of all this crises chasing, I guess you might say. What do you guys think about this? Is, uh, you know, it, it's also too kind of one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing in government. I mean, the, the agency literally comes out and says, this is what we should be doing. And Biden says, no, no, we, I guess we shouldn't. <laughs> back, back to the administrative state and the growth of the administrative state, because there's where you see it. And then you have and I uh, believe that if there was no outrage, then they would have gone the next step and said these things have to be banned. But because there's outrage. Somebody just tosses the idea out there to see what's going to what's going to stick or what's going to float. Yeah, and I, I, that is a huge danger. But it goes back to this is an administrative agency going about essentially creating law. And then not only do they create the law, but they get to enforce the law and then they get to be the judge, jury and ex- executioner after the fact. So, yeah, but notice notice where, you know, in those articles that he posted, you know, in the name of climate change, look at the damn nonsense they want to do. They want to infringe upon our freedoms and our liberties. They want to come into our homes and tell us what we should cook and what we should not cook with. All of a sudden, gas stoves and gas ovens are now becoming dangerous to our health and the health of our children. It's linked to asthma and all that kind of stuff. It is in the name of climate change they're doing this this so-called climate crisis that we have, that they're trying to do this. And what's very, very interesting about this, where is the evidence to support their contentions? Actually, the one study or the two studies that I have were they were all completed by people who are who are part of this whole climate crisis movement who are trying to take away all our rights and freedoms yeah. to tell us they're going to solve the problem. They're going to solve the climate problem. God help us with these people. Yeah, I think that guy. What's that guy's name? Klaus. Uh, you know, uh, Klaus Schwab. The, I think of the yeah, World Schwab, Economic Forum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> World Economic Forum. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, I think Leon's uh, correct. I mean, that's the the major goal. There is to uh, completely reduce the standard of living of uh, everyone all, all the way across the world, uh, but especially us. You know, rich societies in Europe and uh, the United States and canada and so on and 
that's that's the main idea right there and so that's all part of it um you know not just the woke stuff which is all part of it that's all part of this whole thing get get used to you will you will live a much lower standard of living and not only that but you'll love it and so that's that's the main agenda here you won't cook on you know from neanderthal times to today mankind is uh hardwired genetically to cook over fire and fire is the best way to cook uh from someone that likes to cook and i do have a gas stove and i can show it to you but i'm not gonna but i'll just let you imagine that you're like weapons you don't want to show anybody you got that anymore (laughs) Uh, i don't know if i'd go that far but yeah the uh yeah you don't want to if you're smart but i'm not that smart but uh the um uh the, anyway you got to cook over fire you know this whole electric stuff is a bunch of crap I, I and, then, and, then, and then the other thing too i mean the 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 they want this electrification of the united states where the hell yeah. is all the um how are we going oh, to yeah. get this electricity how are we going to get it Oh, How are we going right. to get all of this massive yeah, amount of electricity? You think wind and solar is yeah. going to provide provide us with this yeah. stuff? Oh, for, oh, for oh. sure, of course. Yeah, I'm going to uh, start yeah, a but... farm in Manitoba because actually, after climate change, Manitoba is going to be a really nice place to live. And Leon, I'm going to have a bunch of hamsters with wheels to help develop all the electricity. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be needed. <laughs> going to need them, but so. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, Tim, yeah, as, a, exactly. as, as, a, as a rebuttal to your, your stovetop need for a fire in a stovetop, I yeah. think the left would tell you that you don't need a uh, a gas stove to cook a cricket sandwich. Is that right? Yeah, you're right. Probably not. Yeah, exactly. You know, those exactly. mealworms are just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need them raw. You don't need, you don't need a gas stove to cook your misery, okay? That will come because of the, 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 the destruction of our liberties and our freedoms. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, just in case, you know, you, you think this stuff couldn't happen. I mean, we literally just lived through COVID where we saw all kinds of things oh, that yeah. happened in the yeah. name of yeah. health, where they yeah. would just take away your rights to things. So, uh, you know, I don't think we can say anything is beyond the pale, right? But yeah, people were, were just, and are still today, love it. I mean, they just, you know, not only were they in, uh, allowing it to happen, but they were, you know, cheering it on. It's like how wonderful this is. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, trust these guys to take us down paths that just uh, Alice in Wonderland. They don't make any sense at all. <laughs> you know, sort yeah. of through the when, when you see when you see AOC supporting something as nice and wonderful, we have a serious problem because that empty-headed idiot never know what she's talking about. Okay, so if she's supporting it, then we then we we have a real problem. Well, Leon, I, I'm going to tell you that is one of the most dangerous people in the United States, but not for what you think. What's dangerous about her is, is that she's only going to get better the more time she gets on screen, on camera, and more coaching. So yeah. the, the vacuousness is never going to go away, but she's good only point. going to get better at the messaging. So Good point. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yes. 
Well, speaking of vacuous, empty heads, <laughs> we're getting near the end of our show, and that's the time for our knucklehead noise patrol. And so we brought in a quote from the, the most vacuous, empty head out there, and he happens to be leading our country at the moment, which is, is pretty scary. And and he's he's literally the, the the big classified document scandal that we've been having recently. I mean, if in case you haven't been following it, uh, Trump, in for whatever wisdom he has, decided he needed to take a bunch of documents that were classified. And the question is, well, did he declassify them or not? I mean, he's claiming he did, and who knows? But he took these documents uh, to his private residency after he finished the presidency, his presidency, and he. Uh, didn't want to give them back. Then the, uh, I guess the archive found out he had them and they said, okay, we want these documents back. And so there's been an ongoing back and forth to the point where they at some point raided his Mar-a-Lago compound uh, to find these documents. And so let me bring you a video that I want to show you that because it's going to lead to some, you know, just craziness with Biden here. <laughs> so you have to just give us a The FBI spread the documents out on a floor to make a record of what was found. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. <laughs> So there's Ted Biden saying, God, you take these documents and you keep them in your private residence. Uh, and boy, is that irresponsible. So I feel the H word <laughs> coming on. Yeah. Well, so jump forward. Uh, it was now about six months, five months, something like that. And now, lo and behold, uh, surprisingly, after the midterm elections, we find out Biden has a whole bunch of classified documents that he took while he was vice president, and there's no way he could have declassified these things, so they're clearly, he shouldn't have had them in these places, and they've been popping up all over the place, even apparently in his garage. <laughs> Next, Next is Corbett. Corbett. Next is Corbett. Yeah. So Peter Ducey was at the White House, and he, of course, the White House press corps, um, sort of the, the three blind mice, I guess. <laughs> Most of them are. And Peter Ducey, who's the only one who's willing to ask real questions there. Uh, so uh, here's a question of Peter Ducey asking Biden about his classified documents that he's just leaving in boxes sitting next to his Corvette in his garage. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway, in a yes, as well as my Corvette. Um. Well, thank goodness it's with this Corvette in a locked garage. I'm sure that uh, anybody who wants to get at those classified documents is, you know, oh my God, it's in a locked garage. Okay, I guess the, we'll have to pass The genius of this show, Jason, the genius is if I was going to break into his garage, I'd steal the Corvette. I mean, that's what that's it's true. Yeah, that's a better better point than I've ever heard Biden come up with. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just waiting for him to say that, hey, they were in the Corvette and the Corvette was locked too. Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been, <laughs> yeah. yeah. been irresponsible. Yeah, they, I can't believe how irresponsible that would have been. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't put too many uh, 
documents in a Corvette. When you can't put anything in a Corvette. <laughs> But you, you, you know, it does bring up the point, though, that, uh, you know, I've heard other people like Glenn Greenwald and others bring up this, but it's the idea that, hey, look, the government just willy nilly classifies a million things. So it's possible that these documents that both Trump has and that Biden has may or may not be important. And we'll never know, because apparently we're the only ones who don't get to see them. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like Chinese spies, everybody else, they, yeah. they all seem to have a direct line into this stuff. But but uh, as a public, we're the only ones who this classification matters to and uh, exactly. would be arrested because it doesn't sound like at this point, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that neither Trump nor Biden will be, will be yeah. prosecuted now that uh, well, Biden they can't, is. They can't, they can't prosecute Trump now and they can't prosecute <laughs> Biden now. Because, of course, Biden is a Democrat. Remember the letter of the biggest Democrat of all at the time was Hillary Clinton. The letter of when she did some of the most disgraceful things you could think with classified information. Now, that issue you're raising there, Jason, about over-classification, that is a serious problem in the United States. I totally agree with that. However, the fact of the matter is these documents were classified. Even though we may agree that over-classification is a problem, they were classified documents which should have been treated as such. Now, on the issue of Trump, now, Trump was president. He had the power to declassify stuff. Now, I'm not here to defend Donald Trump. I'm just talking about the law. He had the power to de declassify stuff. Now, if the Department of Justice thought that, well, they were not declassified, well, this is an issue to be litigated in court. They can't willy-nilly just run and raid the man place, which is what they did. Of course, they know that Trump had the power to declassify stuff. And if they disagree, you litigate that in court. But instead, they raided this place. Look at Joe Biden now. Joe Biden, we know for sure, had no power to declassify this information, none whatsoever. So there's no issue there. But where's the raid? Yeah. Where's the raid on his home? Or in this so-called Biden Center, the, the Penn Biden Center, which is nothing like a money. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna print out an H, and I'm gonna just hold it up every time someone. Okay, cool, very good, very good. Well, yeah, Leon, that's the funnier part of all that, that everybody's missing. This was a think tank, and about the only yes. person who was in it apparently was Biden. <laughs> I can't imagine what's going on in that think tank. Yeah. You think you think this think tank is looking more and more like a money laundering operation to enrich the Bidens. That's all it's looking like. Okay. Yeah. So, but but the point is though, where's the raid? Okay. I can see the issue. I can see the issue with Trump in the sense that the 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 um, the, the National Archives wanted back wanted the um wanted the 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 documents back. Fine, no problem. But. You're still dealing with somebody who had the power to declassify. So that is an issue to be litigated in court. I can see that issue. I'm not I'm not arguing that issue. But where yeah. where's your raid on, on, on Joe Biden, who we know had no power to declassify? Where's the raid on Hillary Clinton, who also had no power to declassify? Where's the raid? Yes, yeah, Tim, you need yeah. to put up your eight sign. Please put it up quick. Yeah, I will. I will. I got to get that. I don't know. This this doesn't work very well. And my only uh, my only comment would be that uh, I'm uh, in a continuous uh, purging of of paperwork in my own life and house and garage. <clears throat> I've purged 
reams of paperwork I no longer needed. Any classified? Well, only to me. Only to me. Yeah. Yeah, only to me. But uh, why? What motivates anyone to want to put more boxes of junk in their garage is beyond me. That's my only point. Well, you know, but the overall theme of what we've been talking about too is just whose hands are the right hands for any of this. And you got to realize if we're just talking about the two guys who were literally running the whole show and they can't even follow the rules and maybe they're even holding sensitive, important documents in willy nilly fashion. It just makes you wonder, I mean, whose, whose hands are the right hands? But as we wrap up, uh, what what about Rob? I I want to hear Rob (laughs) think about this. uh, document thing i you know i was gonna say that i i got mine in with the biden that in the garage thing i still think you got to steal the corvette before you steal any of the okay. documents that, that, <laughs> that's, that's good that's a good one i like that one there, there's that's, a, uh, that's true but i uh I, I think jason has a, probably my point honestly it's you know every day everybody is going to commit something that we're going to break the law somewhere there's just there's too much law there's too much of this stuff there's too much government so, you know, the only way that you, you, we look at this stuff here, I love the H sign, though, Tim. I think if you don't make one up, I'm going to make one up myself. But I have no clue in terms of why any of this is actually it's, it's just stuff to put in front of us, I think, to, to, to camouflage some of the real issues that are out there. And we've been talking about those, you know, out of control spending, out of control debt, et cetera. Personally, I don't care if they had classified information at their house because most of the classified information is probably not worth being classified. Well, and I think that's probably a good note to end on. And Rob, uh, I wanted to give you one chance real quick just to uh, give a shout out for your uh, program here. And uh, maybe you can uh, bring up, uh, James, the website. There it is. Uh, free to choose. Uh, Rob, do you want to give uh, any last words about uh, what's going on there? If, I was going to say, anything? just uh, free to choose network.org. We are the film studio that brought you Milton Friedman's original free to choose. Still making quality public television documentaries and short videos. If you click on the watch button button. Everything we have is available to watch at no cost on our site. Also, I wanted to give a quick shout out, Jason, to my pal, Mike Surtick from the uh, Advocates for Self-Government. He's the guy who told me that this would be one heck of a fun podcast to come on to. So, Oh, awesome. All right. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. and then, I, then I hope we lived up to your expectations then. Well, mostly <laughs> I want to see if Mike actually watches this entire podcast to find out that I gave a shout out. So. <laughs> awesome well uh thank you all for uh, thank you for joining us today rob and thank you all for watching and until the next one uh stay free thanks jason yes, life liberty and the pursuit of happiness always and forever thank you for listening to the knuckleheads of liberty podcast find us on facebook rumble youtube your favorite podcast network and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.